0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. Coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I am back with a bonus episode. Hope you're doing well this week. And I wanted to come to you and answer a question that I got last week on Instagram. And here's the question. What to do as an associate pastor who has philosophical differences or convictions with a lead pastor? Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're a youth pastor. And you have difficulties with what's going on within your local church. What are you supposed to do? Specifically, if you're an associate pastor. And you're on staff at this church. And there are difficulties that come time and time again. Because of differences with the pastor, what are you supposed to do? Let's pray, and then I have a few thoughts. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom, direction. I pray for the man specifically that asked this question, that this would be helpful. And just God, I just ask that you would help him and give him wisdom as he's praying through and thinking through what he is to do and how to approach the difficulties and differences with his pastor. And just lead this time, I trust that you're going to, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this happens a lot specifically right now with theological differences between older and younger pastors um, from the trends of becoming more and more reformed over the last 15 to 20 years and having more and more young guys in ministry that are reformed and older guys in ministry, baby boomers that are not, that are more practical, that are Rick Warren-esque, wearing, you know, the shirts, the the Hawaiian shirts, those sorts of things, being laid laid back, uh, sitting to preach at a table rather than proclaiming God's word. And those are kind of the kind of the the simple differences, but there are massive consequences to those simple differences. What's a man supposed to do when he finds himself in that situation? And it's in situations like these I think that the five callings and the seven pastoral priorities that I talk about pretty regularly are so important. Okay, so why? If you're in the situation, there are some things that you can do that require no changes. To philosophical differences, there are some things that you can do biblically that do not require you to be in a, in a gospel-centered setting with a plurality of elders. You can you can do these things, these biblical things, if you're on a if you're at a church staff where you have one pastor, one associate pastor, and then a board of deacons and no plurality. You, you can do what the Bible has prescribed pastors to do. In other words, in any setting, okay, even if you disagree. So first, let's just think about the, what God has called you to be. God has called you to be a Christian man, and in this situation, you're going to take yourself into every single conversation you have with this pastor. You're going to take yourself into every situation you you walk into with a small group or the people you're discipling. You're going, obviously, when you're home, you you are a man, and God has called you to be a Christian man, so you're a Christian. And you can, by the grace of God, walk one day at a time loving Jesus and enjoying his Presence and communion with Him, and be in a better place tomorrow than you are today by communing with Him, spending time with Him. Because wherever you go and whatever you do, you bring yourself to those situations. And so, number one, you can humbly walk with God and others by by living your life as a Christian man. Number two, if uh, if you're married, you're a husband, and that's your calling before anything else. And the, the challenge for all of us is to manage our own households well, but to love our wives, that she's our one flesh. Her issues are your issues. Your issues are her issues. Learning to be the best husband you can be and loving her well through the difficulties of your work. Number three, if you're a father, we're called to be a father. And so be the best dad you can possibly be. Enjoy your kids. Love your kids. Pursue your kids. Point them to Jesus and just have a great time with your family. And then fourth, your friend. You know, grow in friendship. Maybe this pastor just needs a friend, and you can be a great friend of this guy. And you can say, hey, uh, can we go out to eat once a, once a week? Can we go hiking today? Can we go fishing today? Can we do something where our friendship grows a little bit? And maybe that relational capital that's built, you get just by being a friend. You got to get into some conversations where some things can, you know, some progress can be made. And then number five, you're called to be a pastor. And so that's your your fifth calling. Now, as a pastor, I've laid out seven pastoral priorities. And in this situation that you're in right now where you have these philosophical differences, you can do these. And as you're doing these and growing as a pastor, and let, let me just say this, you're probably not gonna get more and more comfortable if this pastor doesn't change and these philosophical differences remain, you're gonna get more and more uncomfortable. And either you're gonna change, they're gonna change, or at some point, you just really need to look to, to go where it is that God's calling you to go. Grow in all the areas you can grow now, but then just put some resumes out. Pray. Maybe God's leading you somewhere else. But in the meantime, you can do all of these things that I'm going to be sharing with you right now. Number one, you can know the gospel well. Uh, as a shepherd, we have to rest in the gospel and humbly walk with Jesus. So a shepherd must spend time with the chief shepherd, know him well. And and basic childlike faith and godliness are uh, they are a necessity for every pastor. So as a shepherd, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can... Experience rest uh, by the finished work of Christ in every every area of life, even pastoral failures. So, so first pastoral priority is know the gospel well. And the second pastoral priority is shepherd your family well. These kind of go along with these callings. You can see the the trajectory of these priorities kind of going along with those callings. So you can do this in the context of a ecclesiology or a missiology that you different you you have differences with. You can still shepherd your own family well. Second pastoral priority. So you can do two things, you can sacrifice family on the altar of ministry, sacrifice ministry on the altar of family. We don't want to do either. So we need to avoid or uh you know, overstating or understating the importance of family. But the Bible's clear, you know, the, the focus has to be at the home or you're just not you know, you're not qualified to be an elder. Number 3, prayer and ministry of the word, prayer and preaching. That's what a biblical shepherd does. You can do this there. You probably have opportunities to preach at this church, and so preach faithfully every time you get the opportunity to do it. You have opportunity to pray; make that a priority through this season of difficulty. Just pray. If if you regularly are frustrated with what your ch- church is doing missiologically and event-driven, or you know, if if that's the kind of things you're frustrated with, is the big attractional stuff, then pray. Pray about it. It's so much easier to complain about it than pray about it, but it's so much more godly to pray about it than complain about it. And so make that, you know, turn the corner, pray, pray, ask the Lord to help and give you wisdom and give you direction. Number four is model, model biblical friendship. Grow in relationship, not just with that pastor, but other men in that church. Build, continue to build relational capital. Model relational depth over relational width know not just a lot of people's names. know a lot of people. get to know those people and that you can do that again within any within any method of ministry. you can get to know people and build friendship. And so do that with those elders or deacons or wherever, but start with a pastor, try to be a friend to him and then kind of go out from there. Uh, number five, pastoral priority number five is disciple, make disciples. You can. If you're a if you're an organic small group guy and you're in the context of a big massive mega church, you can still make disciples. You can disciple men. So get four to six men and start meeting with them weekly. Just start meeting with them. Go out to eat with them. Take them fishing, to go for a drive, play basketball, disciple men and see God work in their life. Help them to understand God's word. This again, these are things that you can do in any church context. And this is what the Bible has prescribed us to be is disciple makers pastoral priority number six practice hospitality we love the local church as pastors and we need to uh, get to know the people that are in our local church and after you've given your time we only have so much time so if you know if, if if you have just a little bit of time you know time goes from to your family time goes to the elders time goes to the men you're discipling, and then after that your time goes to the local church so have people into your home and get to know regular church members. It's not men that you're discipling, just people in your small group. Get to know them, have them over, and just practice hospitality. Model for the rest of the church what an open home looks like. Not an open home with no restriction, where people can come over at 3 in the morning just without asking, just to chit-chat, but practice hospitality and model that. We can do that. That's what we're called to be hospitable. And then pastoral priority number seven is be faithful in wedding, funeral, and hospital responsibilities. Go to the hospitals when your people are there get to know them. When there's a wedding coming up, you know, do premarital counseling and do postmarital counseling. Help them. If there's people who are grieving because of a death, love them and take care of them and do what you can to be there for them. And as you're doing all these things that the Bible has prescribed us to do as pastors, and there may be more, there may be less, but I'm trying to come up with like a minimal list here with these pastoral priorities. As you're doing that, you know, trust that God's going to give you wisdom and direction on, on what to do about the differences, the philosophical differences that you have with the church that you're serving. Hey, I hope this has been helpful. If, if you need anything else, if you're a pastor out there, the pastor who asked this, or anybody else who's thinking through uh, some, of the, some, some similar difficulties, reach out to me and we'll talk about them. We can pray through it together and maybe I can help. Uh, if not, hopefully this has been helpful to you and keep asking questions. If you have a question for me, Send it my way, and it may pop up in a bonus episode sometime soon. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.